0: Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score. I'm John Steppy, joined by my esteemed colleague, my class, after Iowa's 26-16 win over Michigan State. Mike, not necessarily always the prettiest game by any means, but a win
1: is a win. Yeah, uh, that's certainly true. A win is a win. It looks like Five games into a season, we we pretty much know what this team's going to be about. If they're going to win games in the Big Ten, they're going to have to win them like this. Gaining 222 yards, scoring one offensive touchdown, averaging less than four yards per rush. or uh, Excuse me, four yards per play. 2.3 yards per rush. That's going to get you beat unless you know unless what. Unless you have a defensive touchdown or two or you return a kick for a touchdown or two or your defense just pitches shutouts they got the punt return touchdown uh, and that was the difference of the game
0: yeah and those are tricky things to rely on but when you get them like they did today that works now if they don't get those there are gonna be games where maybe that doesn't happen and this shows that The offense wasn't just a, okay, it was a rough game against Penn State. This is what this 2023 offense is like.
1: Yeah, and um, you lose your number one quarterback, that's not going to help, of course. But, I mean, look, uh, Michigan State, I thought, was coming in here a broken team. It didn't play like it. Credit to Michigan State for that. But this was a team that two weeks ago gave up for 700 yards to Washington. Uh, the week before, uh, after that, Maryland torched them, and Iowa gets 222 yards. Uh, these are these are not outliers. This is this is not a trend. This is what it is. It's not. It's a. It's an offense that's that somehow gained fewer yards than its average, which was 100 Thirtieth, I think, in the country, or 131 coming into the game. And this is against a, a mediocre defense. So, you know, it's uh, they keep talking about there's potential to get better. There's potential to get better. Well, what to what degree, I don't know. But uh, you're going to have to show me before I believe it.
0: Yeah, and to your point with losing Cade McNamara, we've been seeing these results for the first four and one quarter, not even one quarter, four and one-eighth of games with a former third-team All-Big Ten quarterback. And now you're going from him to Deacon Hill. And, of course, Deacon is healthy. He does have that going for him where we actually saw quarterback rollouts and quarterback sneaks. But it's an uphill climb when you're seeing – what we've seen even with somebody with the experience that Cade has.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, McNair found out that he wasn't playing with Michigan's offensive linemen, he wasn't playing with their wide receivers, and he wasn't playing with their running backs, wasn't playing with their offense. And uh, I I was going to be very interested to see how he was going to handle this if things remain the status quo for another month of the season. Uh, we're not going to get to find that out now because, I mean, I'm I'm no doctor, but I'd be surprised if he comes back this season.
0: Yeah, we'll find out more on Tuesday. It certainly did not look good at the time when you
1: couldn't put any pressure on that. Yeah. But and, and again, look, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But uh, there, there wasn't a lot of optimism coming out of the Iowa camp on that. When you have to be carted to the locker room. That's, you know, that's never a very good sign.
0: No, that very much is not. Defensively, I thought this team looked pretty good. I think the four turnovers obviously was a welcome sign after not forcing any against Penn State. But that's also a result of you're going up against a much different level of team between Penn State and Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I I thought that the defense was dramatically improved in the second half. The first half, it wasn't particularly good, I thought. They were fortunate to uh, not get dinged worse than they did when they were up 10-9 to 9 at halftime. Michigan State did a nice job running its offense. They it had a 100-yard rusher. I thought the quarterback played a nice poised game for the most part, but... Uh, class will tell, and Iowa's defense did what you would expect it to do against this Michigan State offense, which had scored a total of 16 points in its last two games, I'll remind you. And it's another reason why I didn't think Michigan State would look like a team that was situated to win the game in the second half, which it it did. But, but Iowa's defense righted the ship, and then, of course, you get to the special teams where DeGene catches a line drive punt and turns it into gold. Uh, that was after he made an end zone interception that most defensive backs don't make.
0: No, and he was wishing he was able to stay in bounds more than he was able to. And that kind of tells you just like the standard that he holds for himself. Because for so many other defensive backs, just making yeah, that play at all. I
1: know. Uh, that's, that's a perfectionist. I mean, nobody... I don't. I mean, no. Deion Sanders on his best day he couldn't put on the brakes, make that pick, and return it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but perfectionists think they can't. Uh, Kurt Ferentz called him the natural tonight, and that that's an awfully good term for it because he just. I mean, I watched that replay of the punt return and I slowed it down as much as I could. You don't have time to think when you're doing those things, unless you're one of that that very select few, that, that that 0.1% of athletes who somehow see it all unfolding in front of them. And the way he left defenders for dead was just sensational. Whenever the
0: time comes, I'm not going to make any prediction on when exactly, but whenever the time comes, he's going to make some NFL... Yeah, some NFL team very happy.
1: Well, he'll be a first-rounder next year. I mean, I can't imagine he wouldn't be.
0: Yeah, if he goes into the draft, I don't see how he couldn't be a first-rounder at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is... um, I was surprised it was only his first punt return for a touchdown. It's just (laughs) like, he's so good, I thought he had done that before. But all those pick sixes last year, I, I... was getting them mixed up, I guess. <laughs> well, looking
0: forward, it's going to be an interesting next three game stretch here, I think, with Purdue coming off a dominant win against Illinois. Of course, Illinois is not a great team, but still. No, they- oh, that was a
1: great win for Purdue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you've got them, then you've got Wisconsin, which is probably going to be the toughest game on the schedule when you think about it being there, a hard place to win, and that being a talented team. And then Minnesota before the bye week. This is going to be a really telling three-week stretch here, I think, for the Hawkeyes.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think that some of us have been looking ahead to Wisconsin. Now I'm, I am I, think I'll be in coach mode. I'm, I'm just wondering about Purdue. Yeah. Uh, Purdue had a pretty bumpy road. They're 2-3, and but I listened to a little of their game coming down here this afternoon, and uh, they had things together, and Hudson Card played a really good game. Jeff Rome left them some offense. Their head coach, Walters, is a defensive guy. He inherited some offense. And Tyrone Tracy, the former Hawkeye, had a 100-yard rushing game today. And he has scored touchdowns in every one of their games. So that's, uh, there's your built-in storyline, John. Roll with it.
0: <laughs> well, the next thing I'm rolling with is getting some sleep, considering yeah. what hour it is right now. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast.